Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio, a show featuring people and companies who are making a positive contribution to the world. This show will help you learn how to apply success principles in every area of your life so that you can make the most out of your skills and talents and accomplish more of your goals. To find out more about the show, please visit www.journeytosuccessradio.com. and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm the world's most well-known Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor, uh, creator of the Journeys to Success book series, uh, founder of Journey to Success Radio, and uh, best-selling author as well. You can find out more about the radio show at our website, which is easy to remember, journeytosuccessradio.com. I have an exciting guest today right along the lines of the Napoleon Hill Foundation and Think and Grow Rich. Our guest today is Lionel Sosa. He's the author of Think and Grow Rich, a Latino choice published by the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And for me, if you're a Napoleon Hill Foundation published author, that's like royalty in my book. And so a Latino choice, very popular book with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Lionel is also an independent marketing consultant and nationally recognized portrait artist. He is the founder of Sosa, Bromley, Aguilar, and Associates, which is now Bromley Communication and uh, Communications, which became the largest Hispanic advertising agency in the U.S. He is an acknowledged expert in Hispanic consumer and voter behavior and was named one of the 25 most influential Hispanics in America by Time Magazine. He was media consultant for Presidents Ronald Reagan, George H.W. Bush, and George W. Bush, and he has served on the teams of eight national Republican presidential campaigns. His portraits in oil have been exhibited at the Smithsonian Museum, the George H.W. Bush Library, Texas A&M University, uh, among others. And cool enough, what I tell young people in this day and age, you can find him at his name, which is LionelSosa.com. Young people, uh, try and get a domain name with your name in it. and makes life a lot easier. Welcome to the show today, Lionel. Well, thank you, Tom. I'm so happy to be uh, with you, and I'm honored to be on your show. What an amazing, uh, for me, like, uh, I will someday have a book published by the Napoleon Hill Foundation, but to be chosen for Think and Grow Rich, a Latino choice with uh, such a huge worldwide audience, and to do it for free. Not everybody knows if you publish a book with the foundation, the foundation makes all the money. So you don't even know how much money you've given away, uh, have you, Lionel? Uh, no, but uh, they did give me a very, very generous uh, uh, first offer, a, a one-time payment for it, and I'm for which I am grateful. And uh, you know, it is a, a wonderful opportunity. Uh, after I got exposed to the Napoleon Hill philosophy when I was in my mid twenties, it changed my life. And when wow. I heard that they were looking for someone to uh, to write. Uh, the Latino version of it, or at least the ones that was directed to the Latino audience uh, of the U.S. and Latin America, 
I uh, jumped at the chance. I gave them a call immediately, and the next day I was in Chicago, and we uh, wow. signed the contract that very day, and uh, I started writing, and uh, wow. it was uh, it was a wonderful experience. I imagine. So let's get to, I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation instructor, so I love to ask people, uh, how old were you, and then was there anyone who recommended Thinking Grow Rich for the first time when you read it? Was there someone who said, Lionel, you're going places in this world. This is a book you need to read. Or how did you come across the book? Well, it happened by serendipity. I was working at the time uh, at a place called Texas Neon Sign Company here in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, my job was to design a sign, draw a picture of a big neon uh, plastic sign that was going to be constructed by our company. I would first draw a picture to scale. They would uh, take that picture and uh, show it to the prospective client. If the client bought it, uh, then they took my picture and uh, made a, a real-life sign out of it. So uh, a lady walks in to the office of the salesman one day, and I overheard their conversation. Her name was Sally Pond. And at that time, she was opening a Napoleon Hill franchise school. Uh, you may know that Napoleon Hill was franchising his philosophy across the country uh, in the mid-60s. And uh, she came in to order a sign for her office. And I was overhearing the conversation where she was telling the salesman that she wanted a sign for something called the School of Personal Achievement. And I was fascinated by her telling the story of what that school did. So I walked out and I told her, um, Ms. Pan, I can't help overhearing your conversation. Tell me more about this course you are offering. And she said, well, it is a 17-week course. You go in every Monday at 5 p.m. till 8.30 p.m., and uh, you learn one of the principles of Think and Grow Rich. Uh, and she told me how it worked. The first uh, 20 minutes, you see a film by Napoleon Hill himself, and then you get the rest of the time in the lesson of how to learn that principle. And... Uh, I said, well, after I take the course, uh, what will happen? He said, and she said, oh, you will become a millionaire. Just like <laughs> that. That was a business. If you take my course, you will become a millionaire. So, I mean, how can you turn that down? What a right. sales pitch she had. I thought that was the best sales pitch ever. So being a young and gullible uh, kid, I believed it. And I was able to borrow the money and take the course. Now, uh, $250, which was the cost of the course at that time, was a lot of money for a kid making minimum wage like me. But <laughs> I thought it was such a wonderful promise, that, and I wanted to get out of just earning minimum wage. Uh, and uh, I began learning the principle. So that was my first exposure to Think and Grow Rich. It was at school by Sally Pond which was a Napoleon Hill Foundation effort uh, uh, to, uh, uh, to put schools all over the country called the 17 Steps of Personal Achievement or the School of Personal Achievement. 
Right. Wow. 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 You've been in this a long time. I sure have. Yeah, I'm an old man, but I started <laughs> learning early. <laughs> you know, I had not grad. I I had graduated from high school, but never went to college. I uh, the school that I was in was uh, geared. Uh, the students towards a vocational uh, 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 on a vocational course. Uh, all of the, the kids there were Latino. We were all poor, so we were uh, uh, encouraged to go into carpentry, into printing, into doing body and fender work, and repairing automobiles, uh, auto mechanics, upholstery art and that kind of thing. I was taking art, and I wanted to be the next Picasso. And uh, I did have high dreams, but they were only dreams, not real expectations. Through the Napoleon Hill uh, philosophy, I learned to uh, take uh, something that might be a dream or a wish and make it into a definite goal so that I could begin working on steps on how to make it happen. Nice. Nice. So you are, have a multifaceted career. What started first, the politics, the marketing and advertising, or the art? Well, uh, the art, I would say, but the art led me into graphic design. Uh, and the art, of course, led me to my very first job, which was drawing pictures of uh, neon signs to be constructed. So that was definitely a form of art. That paid minimum wage. I stayed at that job for eight years, earning a little bit more than minimum wage when, the, when, uh, when I uh, decided after uh, taking the course that I could uh, – that I could actually have a goal. So my goal was to have the largest graphic art studio in Texas in five years. So I wrote that goal down, and as Napoleon Hill said, I wrote it down very, very clearly. I had a timeline for it. I outlined how much money I wanted to earn when I reached my goal and what I would give in return uh, for that money that I would earn. So I followed his rules to the letter, wrote down my goal, repeated it to myself six times every day until I believed it. And sure enough, uh, in about four years, my little studio that started with me by myself uh, uh, became the largest uh, graphic arts uh, studio in all of Texas. Uh, and it, was, it wasn't all that large. We had about 28 artists, but it was bigger than any art studio in uh, Houston or Dallas or anything like that. And those are the big cities in Texas. I was in San Antonio, which is a much smaller city. Uh, but now, uh, I was, I was, when I learned that I could achieve that goal, then I made myself the next goal, and that was to start an advertising agency that would become the largest advertising agency in San Antonio. At that time, there were many advertising agencies, so I was one out of dozens of advertising agencies right here in the city. And uh, But in five years, this was 
the largest advertising agency in the city. And we were had really nice accounts like uh, advertising the city of San Antonio for the, its convention and visitors bureau and so forth. But I learned that once you achieve the goal that you want, to set another goal and to put that goal very, very clearly in your mind, write it down, have a plan on how you're going to achieve it, what you're going to do in return for the money you want to earn, and uh, write everything down and repeat it to yourself. And it's magic how that works. I found that if you follow Napoleon Hill's uh, principles of having a definite purpose, and that is and that is the very, very first one that he talks about. If you have definiteness of purpose and you know exactly what you want, whatever your mind can conceive and believe, you will achieve. Whatever your mind can conceive and believe, you can achieve. Uh, so I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, at that time, I didn't question anything. I was a young man. If I read something in a book, I assumed that it was true. So I think sometimes being a little bit naive can work to your benefit. I believed exactly everything that Napoleon Hill said. I followed it to uh, the letter, and every one of my goals um, became reality. After uh, becoming the largest advertising agency in San Antonio, I decided to become the largest Hispanic advertising agency in the country. Uh, and wow. that took about six years. And uh, it just went from zero uh, because I went ahead and sold my interest in the graphic, uh, in the largest advertising agency in San Antonio to begin my own career uh, to build the largest Hispanic advertising agency. The other three partners that I had at the time didn't want to do it because they liked what they were doing. They were not interested in getting into a specialty market like Hispanic advertising. I thought it was a wonderful opportunity because if I did that, I could work with uh, world Fortune 500 companies, you know. I wouldn't have to work for the little dress shop down the street or for the furniture store down the street and so forth. I could work on a national scale with nationally known clients that had budgets of uh, of millions of dollars instead of thousands of dollars. Wow. Wow. And uh, it only took you six years to do that. It did. And, uh, and, and then by serendipity, a lot of things happen. When you start thinking in a positive way, when you build uh, the, the team, that uh, that that will help you get there when you uh, deliver more than you're expected to deliver and you do it in a positive mental attitude. When you follow those principles, magic happens. All of a sudden, you begin, yes, I think you know all about this. I time, know, you know this. And, and some people will say serendipitous, but... Come on, if yeah. you are if you are focusing a ton of your thoughts on your purpose, your specific purpose, pro probably why God created you to be here. And if you're thinking on that all the time and distracting yourself from the negativity of the world, so many times things happen where you're like, wow, how did I just get to meet that person? Or how did that just happen? 
It's because you've been thinking about it constantly for day after day after day, and your subconscious finally says, listen, this guy is serious about this. Let's go out and make it happen. And That's right. You and, I, start, you, you and I know how that works, right? We do. We do know. People start uh, uh, responding to you differently. Uh, people that you never thought about calling, you begin calling. Uh, avenues of opportunity that you never knew existed suddenly appear right before your eyes, and all you have to do is grab it. That magic that happens happens every single time once you have definiteness of purpose, once you know what you want, what you want, once you build your team and get uh, and get other people who are talented and a lot of them smarter than yourself, you get them on the same team, you can do anything you want to do. It is a magic that the universe delivers to you. Right, right. It's amazing. Now, also, a big part of your life has been politics, not my favorite subject, one I rarely speak about, but how did you get started in that? Because you are a major force in Latino politics in the U.S., and it probably you didn't start out as a major force in Latino politics. So how did you get involved? What interests you, and, and uh, why have you Not continued on? That, that was one of the opportunities that came out of the blue. Uh, I... Uh, this is when I had the largest advertising agency in San Antonio. And we got a call from uh, the office of Senator John Tower. And Senator John Tower, this was in 1978. He was running for his third term in office. And he picked our advertising agency because two of the four of the four owners of the agency were Latino and two were Anglo, and we did really, really good creative work. Uh, and But we had never done a political campaign, and we had never done a Hispanic outreach campaign either. But in spite of the fact that we did not have the experience they took a chance on us because, uh, well, the chemistry was there. We liked John Tower. John Tower liked us. John Tower knew that he had to get a larger percentage of the Latino vote in this reelection because the Latino population was getting bigger and bigger in Texas, even back then. But here was his problem. Only about 8% of Latinos were inclined to vote for a Republican at that time. Uh, and uh, he needed somebody that understood uh, Latino values, how the Latino mind works, how, through, how you can convince them to do something different through good communications. Uh, long story short, they hired us. They uh, John Tower won by by one half of one percent of the entire Texas vote, and it was attributed to the fact that Hispanics went from eight percent to thirty seven percent that year, voting wow. for a Republican. And 
and then John Tower, who was an amazing man, he loved everything Latino. He was for bilingual education. He was for uh, job programs for the for for the Latino to 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 get uh, the uh, uh, the Latino like me that maybe didn't have a college education or sometimes not even a high school education in some kind of job that would bring in would bring that person or that family into the middle class. He loved everything. He knew where all of the Mexican bars were, and he loved visiting with the Latinos. And uh, because he had this love for the culture, I think he was able to connect with, with them. And through the television campaign that we did and the radio campaign that we did and the songs and ballads we created for him, making him a hero, uh, we were able to move a lot of the traditionally conservative Democrats to vote for this conservative man that they thought would be more effective than the opponent. Uh, and uh, when he won, he called me to his office, and he said, Lionel, you know, you were a big part of the success of this campaign, and I'd like to know what uh, what I can do for you. And uh, I said, well, gosh, you know, you've already done so much and just given me this opportunity. But, yeah, if you want to do something else, can you help me get more business? And he said, I can do better than that. I'm going to call uh, my favorite guy at the Wall Street Journal and ask him to write an article on you. And uh, he picked up the phone. He called his fellow. Uh, we connected in a couple of days. Uh, he interviewed me by phone and then did a big story in the Wall Street Journal. And then about three weeks later, there I was on the front page of the Marketplace Wall Street Journal with a little picture of the drawings they used to do at that time, pen and ink drawings of a photograph that they would find. And uh, the, and, and and the story was so positive, giving me so much credit uh, that I was able then to, uh, 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 to 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 have that story actually be my best public relations whoever. Uh, in, in three months after after we were given uh, when the after three, let me start again. After just three months of that article appearing, we tripled and quadrupled our business because all of a sudden we got calls from Coors Beer, from Bacardi Rum, and from Coca-Cola, and we became their Hispanic advertising agency because of that article. And that's when I tried to coax my partners to just go into Hispanic marketing and let's not worry about it. They didn't want to do it, so I sold my interest and I went across the hall and started my own agency called uh, Sosa and Associates, and that's the one that became the largest Hispanic agency in the country. But it happened because John Tower was the person who gave me that opportunity. He not only introduced me to politics and to Ronald Reagan, and to George H. W. Bush, but he introduced me 
to the world of Hispanic advertising. And if there is one individual more responsible than any other for the road that I took and the success that I have had in life, it was John Tower. Because after that, I started, uh, he introduced me to Ronald Reagan, who uh, would become the next president of the United States. And I had a chance to speak with him. I had a chance to exchange uh, a conversation of how the campaign would uh, would would uh, uh, would be strategized, and uh, uh, it just became uh, it, it just became what one would call a lucky streak. But wow. what I would call having your mind in the right place, waiting for opportunity. When you have your mind in the right place and you have that positive mental attitude and you work harder and harder and harder each day to do your job right, the magic happens. That call from John Tower was magic. That article in the Wall Street Journal was magic. The next uh, meetings with Ronald Reagan were magic, as were the meetings with uh, George H.W. Bush and then uh, finally, George W. Bush, and then meeting other folks like McCain and uh, and, and and Newt Gingrich and uh, and a lot of other folks, all of whom had a very very strong connection to the Latino community. They not only wanted to vote, they uh, felt that the Latino culture, that the Latino values of hard work, of family closeness. Of uh, of religious faith were uh, conservative values that they themselves uh, uh, thought were so important. Wow! Now you've mentioned positive mental attitude a few times. That's my number one favorite success principle. I have a PMA tattoo designed by uh, Chino at the Napoleon Hill Foundation. You might have met Chino, uh, uh-huh. and so I love PMA. And yet PMA is something that even if you don't have it, like <laughs> I was at an event once, there's like a hundred people in the room. They asked, who do they think, who do you, who, who here thinks they have a positive mental attitude? Like almost everybody raises their hand when in fact, it's only probably like five or 10% actually have a pers- pervasive, persistent, consistent, positive attitude. So people think they're positive, but, not necessarily so. And it does take some training. I've trained so long now that any bad thing people might think is a bad thing that happens, I can immediately find something good out of it. Even if it's only, hey, I answer amazing every time I'm I'm asked how I'm doing. And one of the reasons I tell people, four out of 10 people in the world live on less than $2 a day and don't eat every day. And I live in Canada, one of the best countries in the world. I'm no nicer than them. I'm no more deserving than them to live in Canada. So I should never complain at all. Like, And thinking positively requires consistent daily effort. Talk about how you developed a positive attitude, how you maintain a positive attitude, because it it isn't a natural thing. If you watch any TV, listen to any radio, do any media watching, you are going to be thinking negatively. So thinking positively is not uh, natural and it's not easy, but talk about how important it is and maybe some ideas on how you've developed your positivity that other people could maybe uh, use as well. 
Well, th thank you for asking that question. I think that I can give two examples of that. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with uh, catching yourself when you when a negative thought enters mm -hmm. your mind. And uh, when I was in my early 20s, and part of the reason that I went and took this course is because I was in my mid-20s, I already had four children, I was earning minimum wage, I really couldn't, I could barely feed them, much less uh, clothe them well or have money for their medical expenses and so forth, so I worried a lot about that. I worried, my God, what if one of them gets sick? My God, what if I don't have enough money to make my rent payments? My God, what if my car breaks down and I don't have any money to fix it? And I began thinking of all the negative things that could happen in my life uh, based on the life that I, that was actually mine at the time. And somebody uh, told me at that time, maybe it was Sally Pond. I don't even know who it was now. Said, whatever you, and I had these constant headaches almost morning, noon, and night. And uh, this person said, whenever you have a headache, it is the cause of stress. And stress is called by negative thinking. So you're thinking about something you don't want to think about. <laughs> and catch yourself and say, <clears throat> what am I thinking about right now that I don't want to think about? Well, I don't want to think about my kids getting sick. I don't want to think about my car breaking down. I don't want to think about my not being able to make the next rent uh, uh, payment, I want to think about something better than that. Now, I had just taken the Napoleon Hill course, and and they and she said, this person said, when you're thinking, when you're stressed and you have a headache, you're thinking about something that you want to think about, then just ask yourself two questions. Is this something I can do something about? Or is this something I can't do anything about? Like some people will worry, what if it rains and rains and rains for the next three days, you know, and my house floods? Well, then you ask yourself, can I do anything about that? And the answer is no. It's going to rain and rain and rain and your house may flood and you can't do anything about it. So if you can't do anything about it, don't think about it. Right. If you can do something about it, start immediately doing something about it. And that's when I start, well, what can I do to not have all these money problems? I will start putting what I've learned in the Napoleon Hill Foundation to work. I will start thinking only of the goals that I want to achieve. So I've learned that, and I've never had a headache since I was 23 years old. I am... I'm, Two years from 80 years old right now, and I have never had a headache. I've never had to take an aspirin. I've never had to take anything for a headache because I've never gotten one because I learned that if one was kind of starting, 
that I would catch myself and say, what am I thinking about that I don't want to think about? Can I hmm. do something about it? If I can, I'll start doing something about it this moment. If I can't, I'll forget about it. And it was so simple that uh, it, it worked. Uh, so that's then I started thinking, hmm, you got to catch yourself when you're feeling bad. You're feeling bad. Something's causing you to feel bad. Maybe you don't have a headache yet, but you're just not feeling right. Think. What are you thinking about that you don't want to think about? And you catch yourself, oh, I've been thinking about blank, blank. Then replace that with a positive thought and do it consciously. Replace a negative thought, catch yourself having the negative thought, and replace that negative thought with a positive thought. Trouble is most people are never aware enough to even know they're having one negative thought after the next negative thought after the next negative thought. Whether that negative thought is, I've got so much to do, I'll never be able to do it. Oh, my God, I've got so much to do, I'll never be able to. Oh, my God, I've got so much to do, I'll never be able to do it. That in itself can run you crazy and make you feel bad and get you stressed out and give you headaches and make you grouchy and everything like that. All you have to do is replace that thought. I have these things to do, but I will have more than enough time to do them all. I will have more than enough time to do everything I need to do. I will have more than enough time to do everything I need to do. You replace it with that thought, and suddenly you begin to feel differently. You begin to feel better. And then you find that maybe you have 10 things on your plate, but really only three of them were important. The other seven weren't all that important and they can wait till tomorrow, or you can take them off your to-do list and never do them, and it won't matter. So that's kind of the way that I've been able to handle that part of remaining in a positive mental attitude most of, I would say 99% of the time. Right. Exactly. And you're given some three or some good steps there, points to consider. First of all, you have to recognize it. Most people aren't aware of their thoughts on a moment-to-moment basis. Exactly. You know, the sooner you recognize it, the better. And then another thing, redirect it to positive, but most people have no positive thing they think of. There's nothing positive at the top of their mind. If you have a purpose and you want to think positively, you need to pre-choose some either affirmations or people you think about that inspire you, or stories you know of that inspire you. But if you just recognize and say, okay, this thought pattern is pretty negative, let's switch it. But you don't have something automatically to switch it to, whether it's an affirmation or a positive thought or a positive person or a positive story, then your mind is going to be flitting around. Well, what could I replace this with? I don't know anything positive. I haven't read anything positive. I don't have any mentors that excite me or motivate me. And so, A, recognize the thought, but B, have something pre-chosen to replace it with, even if it's just an affirmation uh, of uh, of an income or who you're going to be or what adjectives you want to declare for yourself. But you often have to pre-choose the positive thoughts 
ahead of time because once the negative starts, you want something you can immediately replace it with without having to think about, well, what am I been doing that's positive in the last few days and maybe they don't find something. So three points there and that's, you know, good. Very one. good. Very, very good. I had never thought about that aspect of it. I think I started training myself to have a positive thought so early that I can find the positive thoughts very easily. But I can see what you're saying. Some people that are not trained to have positive thoughts or have had very few positive thoughts in their mind find it much, much harder to to replace that negative thought with a positive thought because they've never given it any thought. You're right. Good <laughs> right, point. Right. Now, uh, your painting is amazing. Like uh, your soul is in your painting, and you can see it on your website. And it's they've been exhibited in some amazing spots. But when I'm thinking of what the things you do, that probably makes you the least money, but it probably brings you the most joy. Is it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, <laughs> you know, almost everything that I do brings me joy. But uh, it, paintings bring, brings me a special type of joy because. Uh, I try to devote uh, two days of the week uh, to paint on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I do that painting with my wife because she is also an artist. So we have a little house in the country that's only about 25 minutes away from our downtown house in San Antonio. And we drive out. Uh, If we can, we'll do it on Friday night. Or if we can't do it on Friday night, we'll do it on Saturday. And we'll... um, uh, we'll drive out there and we just uh, pretend we're in Provence because it's a little town of uh, lots of French and, and uh, Alsatian history. And uh, we have this little beautiful studio that we put together, very small but very nice, in a historic house. And we put the music on and we start painting, and we paint, uh, we have little uh, studios, uh, well, rooms right next to each other in the same studio. And we go have breakfast together, we go have lunch together, we take our breaks together, and we sometimes work very late into the night. Now, my wife is really a very, very successful artist, and she sells her work all over the world. Uh, You can find her at kathysosa.com with a K, and uh, she's developed this style of art unlike anybody else's. So it's uh, in high demand. She enjoys it. And most of all, I just enjoy spending time with her. I found something very recently, maybe in the last three years, that has really, really, that I've taken uh, to heart as a philosophy. Somebody said, you know what I like to do in life? I want to make beautiful things with friends. I want to make beautiful things with friends. That's what I want to do with my life. And I thought, my goodness, you know, what a wonderful attitude to, and that's even helped me, uh, having practiced Napoleon Hill for so long, I ask myself, when I'm, am I making beautiful things? Am I making beautiful things with friends? If I am, it has to be uh, the perfect place to be. 
So now when I uh, uh, somebody offers me uh, a consultancy fee or something like that or a consultancy assignment, I I ask myself, is this creating a beautiful thing? Will I be doing it with friends? If I do, then I want to do it. And if it's going to, if it's not a beautiful thing, if it's something the world really doesn't need, or if it's with people I don't particularly enjoy being with, I don't do it because it doesn't bring me to that wonderful essence of doing beautiful things with friends. Nice, nice. Well, uh, one final question. It wasn't on your list of questions, but I, I noticed this and and you know it too. One of the things Napoleon Hill writes about a lot as far as the Mastermind Alliance, and almost any time he wrote about the Mastermind Alliance, he always said the best Mastermind Alliance is between husband and wife. And it's mm-hmm. clear from your art together, from your website, you're in business together with your wife. Talk about the benefits of having a spouse who is an active member of your mastermind and a supporter and helper and all that you do. Uh, because that, uh, he mentioned specifically uh, Edison and Ford that had that amazing mastermind relationship with their spouse. Oh, yeah. I think that almost, you know, almost everybody that has uh, achieved any level of happiness or any level of success, uh, almost everybody will attribute it to, to, their, to, to their spouse. And uh, uh, I happen to have gotten very, very lucky with a woman that's a lot smarter than I am, a lot nicer than I am, a lot more giving than I am, and just uh, uh, certainly a lot prettier than I am. And it just makes me feel so good to be around her and around her beautiful soul. And uh, we've been married 30 years, and uh, I want to be with her even more than the day we married and the day I met her because she is just such a powerful, a powerful presence in my life and one that I appreciate uh, every single day and every single night. Nice. And uh, that's the best uh, mastermind partner you can come up with. And you've been, uh, I don't like when people say lucky, I say blessed. God handles things and God blesses us when we deserve blessings. And sometimes he over blesses us. (laughs) (laughs) I've been over blessed. That's for sure. Right, That's, you've been over blessed in that department, so thank you, Lord. <laughs> Not lucky, but oh, yeah. And, yeah. and you and you have to be the right person to attract the right person. So it says a lot about you as well. And what about the uh, Lionel? Uh, you know, one of the advice I give young people a lot is look and see on GoDaddy if your name is taken and get it as a website name. And Lionel Sosa, I imagine there's like twenty eight thousand of them in the U.S. Like. Did you jump on the internet early, or did someone tell you, like, Lionel, go save your name. Go go get LionelSosa.com, because it's a common well, name, I'm pretty sure. I guess I just tried it maybe 10 years, 12 years ago. When it, well, what? how can I make it easy for, for people to contact me? Well, LionelSosa.com right. was available, so I took it, and right on that website, I have my cell phone number. Uh, I don't. I make myself available. Uh, I, I, I want uh, people that want to get in contact with me to be able to do it easily without having to go through a bunch of gatekeepers. Uh, 
so it's just myname.com, and my phone number is right there. Right, and lionelsosa.com. Like, uh, I don't have to tell people a lot of times during the show what your uh, website address is because it's your name. So as long as they remember who I'm talking to, they know your website. So lionelsosa.com, very nicely well done website. And uh, you're still a very active guy at 80 years old. And that's how I want to be. I, I don't ever want to retire. If I love what I'm doing, I know my purpose and why God created me. Why should I take a break from that? And especially if you enjoy what you're doing and you're with people that you love to be with. Why change? <laughs> why yeah. change? Right. Right. So uh, LionelSosa.com. Also, everybody, go to Amazon. Uh, pick up uh, Think and Grow Rich, a Latino choice. Uh, I'm going to ask the foundation for a complimentary copy myself. Get Don Green to send me one. Um, and uh, one. What's that? I'll be glad to send you one, and I'll, I'll find it for you. And you just give give me an address where I can send it to. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Uh, well, um, keep up the amazing work that you're doing, uh, Lionel. Sounds like you're going to be going till uh, God calls you home, and you're doing some tremendous work. Uh, I'm glad we didn't have to talk about politics too much because, uh, uh, let's just say, in Canada, we're yeah. laughing at you. Let's say in, <laughs> yeah. in, in Canada, we're laughing at you guys, and uh, we I shouldn't know. be laughing. You should at, be. We, we shouldn't be laughing at such a great country. A great country should be a great country. Shouldn't be defined by what well, you've I got you there now. Be. The way things are going right now, uh, the world is laughing at us. And uh, you know what? Uh, what is it that? Uh, uh, and I'm just, I guess, like most other Americans, hoping that everything turns out. All right, in spite of the things that this, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Don't my wife just said that. Don't think about it. It gives you a headache. <laughs> right, right. Don't think about it, and just hope for the best. Like one person cannot yeah. totally screw up a a country and their legacy and their uh, and their history and all that. So we'll hope for the best. But thank you so much for your time, uh, Lionel. Have yourself an amazing day, and God bless. Take care. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be with you. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at tomtootall.com for details.